This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Cheeseheads, get on your feet, it's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Welcome in another edition of Curd and Law. Oh, baby, they're going to the playoffs. <laughs> How about it? How about it? Hey, uh, follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. I'm Steve Sparky Fiverr. He is Ryan Horvath, BetMGM tonight, weeknights, Monday through Friday. Trista Crick, Nick Eschew, and him. Uh, tonight, uh, Monday, as we record this, National Championship game. You listen to them while you got the game on the TV. Have them on in the background, giving all kinds of betting advice throughout the game. Want to bet in the second half, all that fun stuff. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Packers beat the Bears 17-9. Uh, to As I said, the Packers are headed to the playoffs. I, look. I uh, I have so much. So like last night, like I could not get enough Horvat. Like I was on my phone just looking for videos, whatever I could find talking about the Packers. And that's all I was doing today. Got all these Zoom meetings, everything else. Still on my phone, looking at everything I can find on the Packers. I am so happy, I'm so ecstatic. Like I don't, I don't think I've been this happy since they won the last Super Bowl. I think that's as happy as I am right now. The last time I think I was this happy about the Packers was the last time they, you know, they won the Super Bowl and they beat the Steelers. And, and maybe that's being overdramatic. I'm not quite sure. But this just feels like something that was insurmountable for most of the year to think this team would be in the playoffs. And yet here we sit with the chance uh, to go watch the Packers play in Dallas next Sunday, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. And, uh, man, I mean... um, you think I'm being sarcastic before we started the podcast. Well, first you told me I look like crap, which I appreciate. You're welcome. Uh, but secondly, I told, I told you, I said, right now, who's, pay, who's playing better football than Jordan Love? Right now, I think he's playing like he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. Like even last night, Josh Allen's awesome, right? But he still turned the ball over a bunch. Patrick Mahomes this season, He's had his turnover issues. Joe Burrow, my favorite quarterback, hurt. Justin Herbert, my other favorite quarterback, hurt. Like, Jordan Love, the way that he's playing right now. You know, him, Dak, Lamar, like, those are the top quarterbacks right now the last eight weeks of the season. Like, look at yesterday, for example. The Packers' offense averaged 7.2 yards per play. I mean, Jordan Love's pushing the ball down the field. Look at the overall yardage. Chicago only averaged 4.2 yards per play. 
The Packers finished with 432 total yards of offense. Joe Barry, as you predicted, probably saves his job because he holds the Bears to 192 total yards of offense. And the majority of that came from DJ Moore. Uh, I wish we had DJ Moore, man. Four receptions, 64 yards from him. But Jordan Love yesterday, again, like, Spark, these are Aaron Rodgers, uh, Brett Favre type numbers, 27 to 32, 316 yards, two touchdowns. Like you said, I was watching all the videos as well. So you saw Matt LaFleur in the locker room after the game. And, you know, he's talking about Jaden Reed and he's talking about Wicks. And, you know, they they remind me of those first couple of years with Rodgers where you just got a bunch of weapons, right? Like where everybody kind of steps up and you could have, you know, this guy has four catches this week. You know, it's it's funny because Dobbs is kind of like the odd man out. And I know he got injured early on in that game. But, yeah, I mean, right now the offense is electric and the defense made just enough plays yesterday. So uh, that was a Last nice win. Year, Christian Watson gets hurt. They couldn't do anything on offense with Rodgers. It was just a struggle. Watson comes back and the offense completely changes and away they go, right? This yeah. year, Watson goes down. And this offense just keeps on clicking. I mean, to me, this offense, I don't want to take anything away from Jordan Love, okay? He's the dude for the next 10, 15 years, whatever. He's the dude. But I'm going to say that this about this offense. This offense is as good as it is when Aaron Jones is playing. It's not nearly as good when Aaron Jones is not playing. Like, that's plain and simple. Dude comes back, throws up three games over 100 yards in three yeah. weeks. I think he leads the NFL in rushing after the, in the last three weeks. That is the game changer. That is the difference for this Packers team going forward. I keep telling everybody, and people laugh, not not in the market, outside of the market when I talk to people, that this is going to be a top three offense in the National Football League next year. They can be a top three offense in the National Football League next year, but they have got to make sure, in my mind right now, they bring Aaron Jones back. Figure out the contracts, figure out what you got to figure out. But he is such an instrumental piece. And then you can go draft another running back, right? Whoever that guy might be eventually that, that's yeah. going to share the load with Aaron Jones. Because unless Dylan comes back on like a minimal type deal, I don't know if he's back. Uh, but Aaron Jones is just, he, he's the heartbeat of this offense. They have to have him in order for this offense to play as, as well as it's had, Ryan. Oh, yeah. I mean, the last three games, like you said, and again yesterday. And how about... uh you know, the 22 carries as well. Shout out to Matt LaFleur. The play calling has been excellent. It's not just Aaron Jones. Like, Bull Melton has been awesome. That's not my mom's favorite player, but he's kind of that gadget guy. And that's the thing. I mean, you can't – this is a hard offense right now, even for a defense like Dallas, which I know we'll talk about that, obviously, coming up here. But, like, it's hard to game plan for because yep. they have multiple dudes. And for the first time ever, you know – um, they have multiple tight ends that they could use. Aaron Rodgers never really had that. He had Jermichael Finley for a short period of time, and he had Jared Cook. But now, I mean, with Musgrave and Tucker Craft, I mean, if you have – and again, like, hell, I got to talk about it right now because the one way that you could beat Dallas is uh, slot corner. So, I mean, you could throw – if Watson's back, you have Wicks who had a monster game. Really, Reed. anybody torch Dallas in the slot. But then the middle of the field, man, their linebackers can't cover. Um, and now you have Musgrave, you have Tucker Craft, and then you have all these speedsters that are running these crossing routes. It's going to be a tough matchup for Dallas. I mean, they should win. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to game plan for this offense right now because they just got a bunch of young dudes that nobody knows who the hell any of these guys are. Nobody, I watch more college football than anybody, like Wicks and, and Melton. And, like, these aren't supposed to be guys. But, 
yeah, I mean, I even got to give praise to Brian Gutekinds for this draft class. You know, I'll still continue to rip him for the three before that. Uh, the Jordan Love pick, he hit on it, looks like. I'm serious. Jordan Love's playing like a top 10, top five quarterback yep. in the league. But this draft class, I mean, we haven't even got to the defense. How about that pass rush yesterday? Uh, you know, multiple guys getting sacks. Kenny Clark looking good yesterday. Um, this team right now, I got to be honest, if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of this team, I don't think they're in the playoffs because I don't think the way Jordan Love is playing right now, he's just playing with a bunch of confidence. Early on in the season, he was playing with confidence, and I was like, oh, Jordan Love is going to be a dude. And then he had the game against uh, the Raiders and the game against the Broncos where I saw some of the worst throws I've ever seen in my life. And you got to remember he's a young quarterback, but uh, I was like, man, this is Utah State all over again. But now he's playing with this confidence, and you just see it. Like, he's confident, but you he's licking his lips, and you look in his eyes, and you just look at – he's holding on to the ball probably, like, way too long because he knows he can make every single throw. And he reminds you of Aaron Rodgers because, like, that's how Rodgers was. And that's how you had to feel, like, if you were a Rodgers hater or, you know, if you were going against him. He was pushing the ball down the field. He could make every single throw, and he was cocky. And that's kind of what you're getting from Jordan Love. And it's – that's how he's like, but that's what I was saying early on. You know, it's all about confidence. You can't get too down on him. He can't get, he can't get too down on himself. And uh, right now you could just tell that he knows that he's got it and he's playing out of his freaking mind. So like one of the things in that LaFleur press conference um, that stood out to me and I'm, I'm looking at all the beat writers, like their quotes, nobody quoted, tweeted it. And I was like, why did anybody run with this? That play where, where Jaden Reed comes on the left sideline shakes the DB and comes flying across. He hits him in stride. He goes 50-some yards down the right sideline, right? You know the play I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. They asked LaFleur about that, the Packers media. LaFleur said that Reed was not even a progression Reed on that play. He was not even supposed to be part of the play. That he broke that off on his own. Love saw him coming and made the throw. That that was a Love-Reed thing, that that was not part of the play design at all. Then they asked LaFleur, well, what was that whole thing running up and handing it off real quick? They're like, did you, did you think he stepped out of bounds? And he just smiled. He goes, he ran in because that was that star on the left sidelines. Remember, it was him and that DB. He said he ran in front of him. He goes, he was really close to me. He goes, I, I, I thought maybe he might have. And he goes, and I didn't want to get a challenge and bring that play back. So I told him, get up there and run this. He goes, I wish they would have got the playoff sooner than they did. And thankfully, we didn't get a challenge call. But so to me, like that just encapsulates how far they've come in the beginning of the year. You got guys in the same space. They weren't running the same routes. Guys weren't reading the same thing that love was reading and running to places where love wasn't expecting them to be. And now you've got them improvising together and being on the same page, Ryan. And when you get that type of chemistry between quarterback and receivers or quarterback and tight ends, that's big. Wicks had that one touchdown. Uh, and Romo talked about that's not a rookie wide receiver. That's a veteran wide receiver, how he flattened that route out and had patience to allow himself to come open for love to throw that ball. Again, beginning of the year never happens. By the time we get to the end of the year, it does. And that shows you the growth and the patience that you had to have. Everybody said rebuild, including me. It ain't no damn rebuild because now you're in the playoffs. Next year, the goal is going to be to win the division, right? I mean, that's where we're going to be, I would assume, after this year, that next year, Horvath, the goal is win the division back from Detroit, assume your ownership of this division, and let's move forward. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it, right? I mean, I love uh, seeing you smile, by the way. It's beautiful because you're as happy as I am, I can tell. Well, yeah, I mean, they're really fun and they're awesome. And like, people should let me enjoy it. Everybody's like going back to when I didn't like the Jordan Love pick four years ago. Well, no. Yeah. And then, and then there's like the T. Higgins stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, I wanted T. Higgins opposite Devontae Adams on that team because that team was good enough to win a Super Bowl, I thought, just like, right. like in three years. You know, I probably or like four years. I don't want to draft Jordan Love's backup if he's good. I'll probably want to draft draft the best wide receiver. You know what I mean? And in five years, if we have if everybody falls in love with Sean Clifford and we could trade him, you know, for Randy Moss, I'm going to want to do that too. Like that's the thing. The goal is always win right now. And now Jordan Love's a dude, and he's a lot better than I thought he was going to be. And uh, but but again, I mean, I want to pump the brakes a little bit as far as like the next year and even this year stuff, just because like Josh Allen two years ago, you know, was the best. I mean, even this year he's on the cover of Madden. And then this year everybody's like, Oh, he turns the ball over too much. This guy sucks. You know what I mean? Um, even last year, people were for a while or two years ago, ripping Mahomes for the turnovers. Jalen Hurts this year. That's who I was just going to go to now. Jalen Hurts. So, you know, um, but I'll say one thing. There's something in common with all three of those dudes. What's the one thing all three of those dudes that we mentioned have in common? They all went into the crapper or hit the wall or weren't the same guy after what happened? Their offensive coordinator left. Shane Steichen yeah. left Jalen Hurts. Crap. The enemy left Kansas City. Everybody said, oh, that's who cares? Andy Reid's the guy. Maybe. The enemy left. Mahomes and offense don't look the same. And you could say he doesn't have great wide receivers. And you're right. But he didn't have them before either. And they were playing much better. And then you go to Josh Allen, same thing. Dabble leaves to go to the Giants, and now all of a sudden he doesn't look like the same guy anymore either. So to me, there's a lot of that. But unless Matt LaFleur is going somewhere, which I don't think he is, and this is his offense, make no doubt about this whatsoever. This is his baby. He's the play caller. I don't see how this kind of goes sideways. Now, the other instrumental person in all of this is Tom Clements. I don't want Tom Clements leaving. I want Tom Clements to stay now, kind yeah. of going forward. Clements hasn't committed yet. Well, Fleur's already said, I want him here as long as he wants to be here. So if Clements can just commit to coming back for another year, that would make me feel better going into next year too. What makes me feel really good is, okay, so we're always like Rodgers had great receivers and Favre had great receivers. Like, were they great receivers or did guys like Favre and Rodgers make them great? Because like, sure. what did Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, any of these guys, yep. James Jones do after? You know what I mean? Right. And that's what you could say right now about Jordan Love. You know, Jordan Love doesn't have Devontae Adams. Jordan Love doesn't have David Bakhtiari out there. He's got a makeshift offensive line. We're still rotating offensive linemen. One week, who the hell is Bo Melton? You know, Bo Melton. You know, one week it's like Wicks is really that good? Damn. You know, we thought Torre was going to be that guy. You know, we thought that um, 
you know, people were comparing Romeo Dobbs to Jordy Nelson. Is Romeo Dobbs even a top three receiver on this team right now? I don't think so, you know? And so what I'm saying is like, that's what, now we know like Jordan Love, we got a guy because he could, he could win with these guys. Not everybody in the league could do that. Rogers at the end of his career, when he got pissy, always couldn't do that. But early on he could, you know, and that's what Brett was able to do too. And that's what Jordan, uh, Jordan's able to do here. I mean, like, cause he can make the throws. It's like, you're watching a Hooper out there. You know what yep. I mean? Like, he made he's making like the Josh Allen Mahomes type throws where he steps up in the pocket and it's like no he's not going to make that throw or maybe he shouldn't make that throw but then he does and it's a complete dime and somebody drops it in the back of the end zone that's the other thing is he's dealt with drops he's dealt with uh, injuries he's dealt with craziness in the locker room not so much on the offensive side of the ball but the defensive side of the ball with the Jair nonsense yep. that was going on and he's just the same dude. And you hear that he's this great leader. And it reminds you of early on Rodgers before he was watching CNN and going crazy. Or it reminds you of early Brett, you know. And uh, that's why it's so fun right now because this team's young and there's no drama. And it's kind of refreshing. And I'm the biggest Rodgers guy, but it's refreshing for me um, even. You, you know, know, that's the other thing too. And maybe I miss, I'm, I'm not remembering correctly. And you're the, you're the Rodgers guy, so you can correct me if I'm misremembering. Because everything's being made now of the receivers and Jordan Love every Monday nights getting together at Love's house and Love having dinner cooked for him and everything else and hanging out and being with the guys and all that. Every Monday night, they watch film together, all that. Then Tuesdays, the wide receivers get together on their own and they start looking at the tape ahead and so forth, right? I don't remember this ever happening with, with Aaron Rodgers. I remember a picnic, one picnic that happened the off season that Rogers was taking over and Brett was going to the jets. I remember him having a picnic, inviting the team over and Hey, I'm this good guy. Come be, hang out with me. I don't remember this other stuff. Now, did he have his group of friends that he liked to hang out with Crosby and Bakhtiari and Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb? Yes. He had his friends, but I don't remember whole position groups and Rogers hanging out, watching film together every week at his house like that. I don't remember that ever being a thing. Now, Having said that, I will say this. I don't think this is going to last very long. Like, it's great this year, and maybe we get it next year. Are we going to get this in five years? Eh, probably not. You know, all these guys will be vets. They aren't going to need to do this all together and hang out. But as LaFleur pointed out, the cool thing about Jordan Love is he's one of the guys. Like, he's one of them. Because, A, he's closer in age than Rodgers was for certain. So they have a lot more things in common than Rodgers did with them, obviously. They enjoy each other's company a lot. company a lot. It doesn't feel like he feels like he's above anybody on that offense at this point because he isn't. He's just as new as they are, kind of, sort of, even though he's been on the roster for a couple years longer but not playing. I think all of that makes this team special in the aspect of chemistry and how this whole thing came together. Yeah, and I guess that was kind of like Rodgers can make guys look good at the end of his career or in the middle of his career, but early on he was blessed and gifted with Greg Jennings, James Jones, Michael Finley, you know, established guys, you know, not so much Jordy, but like, you know, guys that had already played with Brett and knew the offense or, you know, the McCarthy offense and that can make plays. Whereas with, with um, Jordan, he doesn't really have that, you know, he's trying to figure out, I mean, Christian Watson kind of came out at the end of last year and Dobbs was pretty good the first couple weeks of the season, but you know, he's kind of figuring out with these young guys. And I think that that's, that's a good thing. And yeah, so that probably changes like year five, year six, because then Jordan's 30, 31 years old, 32 years old, rich, and probably can't relate to the 22, 23-year-old guys. But right now he can, because a couple weeks ago, 
We didn't even know if he remember Brian Gutekinds won't even commit. Everybody wants to like run at me on Twitter. Like the general manager didn't want to commit yep. to Jordan Love a couple uh, weeks ago. Remember? Yeah, a few weeks I, ago. We're, we're yep. talking about yeah, yeah. And I mean, like that's how quickly things change in the NFL. Packers were what three and six, uh, two and five, I think it was two and five. I mean, like yeah, yeah they lost to the Raiders and the Broncos. It looked like they were uh, screwed, and now all of a sudden. They're touching the Steelers and that Steelers game is where the offense kind of started going a little bit. And that's when LaFleur opened up the playbook. I, I want to go to the other side of the ball and you brought it up earlier. Listen, you were out sick last week, but I, I was convinced that the way you play the bears was you play a lot of zone, you rush minimal, you know, four guys, whatever, keep eyes on Jordan love. Cause you go, man, he's going to take off running when your back's turned. So you got to keep everything in front of you. And that was the way to play the Chicago Bears. And then hopefully you get some type of pass rush with a four. I didn't have much confidence they'd get pass rush with four. Uh, and I thought Jordan Lo- or Justin Fields would probably still run for 100 or 125 against them. But damn. I mean, not only did he play zone like he should have, and not only did they get pressure like he should have, but that dude played man-to-man and blitz dudes against Justin Fields. And it was Matt Bowen, the former Packer and uh, the former Packer safety who writes for ESPN or whatever else, put out a piece last week talking about how QBR rating for Justin Fields at ESPN one was like 87 point something against man to man defense against zone defense. Justin Fields number is like 23.2 or something. So it's like, okay, well, clearly you play zone. He can't play. He can't he can't throw against his own defense. So that's it. So he played man to man. He blitzed. Did everything kind of daring Justin Fields to kind of beat him if he could. Secondary covered long enough. And Ryan, they were getting home. They were getting home on the defensive line. They were getting home like a couple of the blitzes. They were making life hell for Justin Fields in a game that he had to have, in my opinion, to kind of cement his stance of being the quarterback in Chicago next year. That was a huge, huge game for Justin Fields. Uh, of wanting to stay in Chicago and they pretty much just flatten those dreams in their tracks. Yeah. I kind of felt bad for Justin Fields. He didn't even have a chance to show anything. I didn't even think he played all that bad. He didn't have any time, man. I mean, you had Devonte Wyatt, you had Kenny Clark and Carl Brooks. They all had a sack and they all had multiple pressures. I mean, not even when they were just, you know, getting home. Uh, and they pointed that out on the broadcast even early. You know, hey, the Packers play a ton of zone this season under Joe Barry. Joe Barry loves this soft zone coverage. And look at this. They're playing some man today. And it helps to have a guy like Jair back. You know, even if it's been a down season, you do need a corner, a shutdown corner like him. And everybody played good. And that was the huge part about yesterday, though. They got home on that natural pressure. You know, Van Ness had a sack in the game as well. Um, and that's what you want to see. I mean, now let's see if they could do it against a team like Dallas and a quarterback like uh, Dak Prescott. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun yesterday and the last three weeks, to be honest with you. Uh, outside yeah. of that Carolina game, that one that one on the defensive side of the ball was not fun. But see, the Carolina game is when he changed. The Carolina game is when he started to yeah. play more man and started to be more aggressive. It killed yeah. him because he was. But then against Minnesota, he still did the same thing. He was still running man. They were running linebacker blitz with the Quay Walker. That's the other thing that's changed. They're allowing Quay now to be more of a blitz guy and more of a pressure guy and try and get try to get into the backfield and get after the quarterback. Last year and a majority of this year, they weren't blitzing Quay Walker a whole bunch. They weren't doing a lot of that stuff. And that to me is a is a huge difference here because you and I both talked about it when they drafted him, like, hey man, I mean, not that he's gonna be Micah Parsons, but you could should be able to line him anywhere you want because he's so athletic and fast and let him go after the quarterback from different areas of the field. 
And they really have not done that to this point. No, no, not at all. I mean, and it's crazy because sometimes I forget about Quay even being out there because, you know, he'll have like a a quieter game, you know, because like yesterday, I mean, if you're just looking at the box score, you'll be like, oh, yeah, Quay forgot he was even out there, to be honest with you, which is fine. I mean, because you could like you said, though, I mean, he's he's playing a role and that's uh, this is all what we wanted to see, though, because all these guys that Goot drafts are all projects, but they're all supposed to be these guys that could play multiple positions or these guys that are, you know, I mean, able to do different things these Swiss army knife type guys. And so it's good to finally get to be able to see it in a big spot like that and hold, even though it's the bears. I mean, bears have been playing really good football. They've been one of the better teams in the NFL the last month of the season. You held them nine points in a must win game and pretty much a playoff game. I mean, the bears wanted that one on both sides of the ball. Listen to the comments from the players after. Oh yeah. The the comments from the players. Let's, let's talk about the comments from the players since you brought it up. Cause there's one that was truly, truly amazing. Uh, Mr. Brisker, um, really, I mean, the Packers are going to hold on to this one till next year. I promise you, because he's a younger player, right? Isn't Brisker, what, a second-year player? Yeah. Yeah, he's Safety, young. I love, uh, I Jake Clyde Brisker, quote, I felt like we could have tightened up on the receivers a lot more than we did today. We gave them too much room, and I really have no respect for them at all, just to be honest. No one's over there. No respect. They have no stars over there. And then he said, uh, then they're trying to play a little fake tough. So then what's fake tough? Just doing extra stuff after the play, grabbing people's face masks after the play and things like that. Just doing a lot of dirty stuff to get his flag and stuff like that. Said uh, Mr. Jaquan Brisker after the game. Tucker Kraft responded this morning with ha 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 with a laughing emoji. Aaron Jones responded last night after that got put out there. Isn't it his, his job to cover them? Should have been an easy day at work, right? We got no one over there crying, laughing emojis. Rent was due today, says Aaron Jones. And that's the thing. Like, DJ Moore was pissed after the game. I mean, there were a lot of dudes that are sick of losing to this Packers football team. And Justin Fields has never beat the Packers. But, Ryan, Matt LaFleur's never lost to the Bears. Yeah, which, I mean, says a lot about where the Bears were. Now, I will say this. Uh, I... Man, I was kind of hoping, to be honest with you, I like Justin Fields. I was kind of hoping maybe he would have performed a little bit better yesterday. Maybe this game would have been more of a shootout because I don't know if I want to see Caleb Williams in the NFC North. Mm. Rami Makloff, uh, who used to do the afternoon show here in Milwaukee, uh, and then he was at Score North in Minnesota, uh, and then he was out in Sacramento at ESPN Sacramento. He was on last week yeah, uh, filling in for you on Wednesday, I believe it was. And Rami Makhlouf's point was, it doesn't matter, Sparky, who they get a quarterback. They will screw him up. He's like, it doesn't matter. They can draft Caleb Williams, Drake May, whatever. They're going to screw him up, and he'll never be as good as he should. Because I brought this up to him, as I forgot who brought it up. But, oh, I know who it was. It was Cowherd. I saw it on uh, Twitter last week. Which was, if Justin Fields had been in in, in Jordan Love's situation where he got to sit behind Aaron Rodgers, and Jordan Love was with the Bears and had to go out there and play right away, would they both be as good or bad as they are currently? I don't think Jordan Love is this good if he's in Chicago. There's no chance. He already might have lost a starting job had he had to play right away. And Justin Fields would be a hell of a lot better had he got to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and get coached by this Packers coaching staff and then finally get to start this year, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree or not, but I think I think to a degree that's right. Like 
they haven't had a good quarterback in Chicago. Like Cutler was kind of good, but he never put up numbers like Jordan Love did this year. McMahon was a game manager or whatever you want to call it. I mean, you had Walter Payton running that offense and a great defense. Just don't turn it over, Jim. I mean, that that's all he was. Tom Zach, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, well, there really hasn't been anybody special over there. I think if they were smart, like if you're going to draft Caleb Williams, because I agree with Rami, like if you're going to bring back Eberflus and if you're going to bring back Luke Getze, like I just don't think Luke Getze is a play caller in this league, right? And so if you draft Caleb Williams, what you should do is what the commanders are doing today. Commanders aren't wasting any time. They want to talk to Ben Johnson. Uh, they're talking to everybody pretty much, you know, any, everybody that deserves to be talked to right now. And that's what the bears should be doing too, because the most telling thing for me yesterday is you listen to DJ Moore in the locker room after that game. And they ask him about Luke Getze. And the first thing out of his mouth is, well, I guess it's fine. I guess he's fine. And if your stud wide receiver is saying that about your play caller, ask DJ Moore about Justin Fields, the quarterback, we want him back. You know, we think he's better than Caleb Williams or Drake May. That's telling when the guys in the locker room are like, we want the quarterback back. But then they ask about the play caller. Yeah, he's he's fine. You can't say the guy sucks. You know, that's like saying, oh, my boss sucks, even though, you know, the company parties on Wednesday and you're going to run into him at the punch right. bowl. You have to talk with him. So he can't. That's that's me like that. That that's player talk like this guy blows. Get him out of here. Get me out of here. So I think if you're going to draft Caleb Williams, you have to do a complete, you know, you, you got to blow that whole thing up. I wouldn't bring back Eberflus either, either because I agree you got to get Ben Johnson or you got to get one of these top play callers and then you draft Caleb Williams. And then I don't think they could screw him up because I think Caleb Williams is going to be really good. Like I know he cried after the biggest loss of his career because he threw for 600 yards and his defense gave up 800. I'd cry too. And I almost did cry because I had money on that game and I had USC. So I kind of felt his pain. I think he's, He's, I don't think he's Mahomes, but I think he's like the closest comp to him. I know he's a little bit smaller. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to see him in Chicago. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think Eberflus is definitely back based on Ryan Pohl's comments in pregame yesterday. So I think Eberflus is back. Getzi, I have no idea. Fields, I have no idea what they're going to do one way or the other. But I, I, I'll say this about this Packers team now as it currently sits, right? So the offense is definitely the strength of the team. The defense looks like it's getting better through two weeks, okay? What about the special teams? Where are we on the special teams? Because Carlson missed yet another uh, yeah. field goal uh, in this one. And I, I just, I don't want to be in a situation where you're playing the Cowboys next week and it comes down to Carlson winning or losing the game for you at the end. Like, I don't want to be down two and Carlson lines up from 45 and the whole season of going and advancing or not advancing is on that dude's leg. I, I just, I don't feel comfortable. And again, he's a rookie, right? So we give credit, we give, we give, uh, you know, time to the receivers to develop. We give a lot of time to develop. I haven't given Carlson any time to develop because it, it, it's a role in which you need to produce or you're going to lose football games. You know, now though, that this team is in the playoffs and they're about to play Dallas, I, uh, I don't trust them at all. I don't trust the special teams at all. I don't think I'll ever trust the special teams again until this team wins a Super Bowl and raises the Lombardi. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to uh, trust the special teams because, uh, you know, every year I feel like that costs them in the playoffs. But I also jinxed Mason Crosby yesterday, unfortunately. Uh, I said Mason makes that kick. I'm watching Red Zone Channel. Mason lines up from like 45 completely whiffs. I go on social media and I see all their fans just completely tearing into, I can't wait to never see Mason Crosby ever again. So I was like, oh man, sorry, Mace. But 
No, I mean, um, I don't trust Carlson. And uh, yeah, uh, for me, the special teams is still li- uh, is still a liability out there. I feel a little bit better about the defense, but now, I mean, we got to remember like that was the bears and now they're about to go against Dallas at home. Like at home, Dallas is one of the top offenses in the league. So now we got to see CD lamb, Jake Ferguson, Dak Prescott, but you know what makes me kind of feel good about that matchup and makes me kind of think green Bay could win this game. I might bet green Bay to win this game. Uh, Offensively. I think that I already talked about what I think they'll be able to do in the middle of the field against Dallas, but also, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Green Bay, you could run the ball on them. But Dallas can't run the ball this season. Tony Pollard. Like middle of the pack. Yeah, he's just not an every down back, man. Rico's no good. And so if you're able to shut down the run, I mean, I know Green Bay's been, you know, torched by a couple different quarterbacks this season, including freaking Bryce Young. But, I mean, that's a pass defense, right? That's a defense that's built to stop the pass with Jair back. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not as bad of a matchup as we think. This is what I'd like to know. How many true number one wide receivers actually got going against the Packers this year? Devontae didn't. I mean, if you go back and look, a lot of these true ones, they've kind of taken away and haven't allowed to have big games. I mean, DJ Moore didn't go for like 150 against them or something. For the most part, Joe Barry's been able to kind of slow down, not in every game, but in most games, he's been able to slow down the opposing number one wide receiver, whether, whether that's with safety help or whatever. And he's kind of a forced kind of somebody else to have a game in order to beat the Packers. The question is, do they have enough other guys to beat the Packers outside of CD Lamb? And obviously Ferguson, the tight end. Yeah, that's oh, a guy. But, he, but he's not, I mean, he's not, you know, super fast by any stretch of the imagination. He's nice. He's athletic. Yeah. What is he? Is he Kraft? Is that who he is? Is he more athletic than Kraft? Is he closer I, to Musgrave than Kraft? I don't know, but I feel Quay Walker can run with that dude. I, I don't I don't feel like he's gonna run away from Quay. Brandon Cooks uh is scary. Michael Gallup has just never really been the same guy that he was in 2019, ever since he tore his ACL. Um th- that's what I'm saying. I mean, oh the Imagine, though, if Green Bay does beat Dallas and Jerry Jones fires Big Mike. I'm gonna, I'm almost going to feel so bad, man, because Green Bay, we fire Big Mike and hire LaFleur, and now what if LaFleur beats McCarthy and that's it? Because Dallas, this should be their year. They get this game. Should be. They have. they And I have a Dallas Super Bowl future. They should have the easiest path on paper. You know, I mean – we, Green Bay's playing really good football right now, but this is a team that a couple weeks ago had no business being in the playoffs, and now you get to host them. And then after that, you know, I mean, like, look at your path. So if they lose, I think oh, the on. So that's going to be interesting. You know the NFL wanted these matchups. They get Matthew Stafford going against his former team, and then they get Mike McCarthy going against his former yep. team. Uh, you know, even though it's Jordan Love, not Aaron Rodgers, it's still going to be interesting. I got a lot of great numbers. We'll get to it uh, on Wednesday when we come back and we do this again because we're way past where we should be on time-wise. So he is Ryan Horvat, Bet MGM tonight. Catch him weeknights, including tonight, National Championship game with Trish Crick and Nick Ashu. Follow him on Twitter. And Ryan Horvat, of course, part of the BetQL Network. And, of course, me, Sparky, at Sparky Radio, 1250amthefan.com. Did uh, three new interviews last week. We'll have some more interviews coming up this week on that website as well as you can download on your Odyssey app, too. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and we will be back on Wednesday. Don't forget, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, download this Curtin Long podcast 
uh, right around 5 p.m. Central Time. It gets posted each and every one of those three days. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles. Toodles. 